All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to episode 176 of the DFO Rundown. I am uh, Jason Greger alongside Frank Saravalli. Frank, how you doing? Pretty good, Jay. How are you? I'm excellent. This- Episode 176 is presented by Athletic Brewing. I'm embarking on a journey this January with Athletic Brewing, and I want you to join me. Dry January is going to be a breeze with Athletic's lineup of craft, non-alcoholic beers. They've got a range of IPAs, golden cervezas, and a rotation of seasonals. Doesn't hearing the word cervezas just make your mouth water? So stock up on Dry Jan and join me using my promo code FRANK20 for 20 percent off your first purchase at athleticbrewing.ca until january 31st and give dry a try athletic brewing company fit for all face-offs fit for all times and uh, you've tried a few of these haven't you the last week yeah honestly they've been ridiculously tasty i had the run wild ipa which i have here mm-hmm. i also tried the upside dawn golden i'm much more of a lager golden kind of guy instead of an ipa but um i've enjoyed them all they've all been really good and you know what what's great about them there's no weird aftertaste like they've got a real great taste to them and they're crisp so definitely refreshing 
All right. Well, uh, we'll see how the holiday season goes. If uh, if I overindulge, I might have to get on uh, dry January. I've done it many times. Also. I just think it's so healthy to start the year that way. Like clean clean out a little bit. It's true. A little, a little detox. A little detox. It's always never, good. Never a bad thing. Um, lots to uh, to get to in the uh, in the sporting world. Wait, now, wait, Frank, wait. You got to tell me about the water park. Oh, yeah. For, for so it was my son's ninth birthday yesterday. And uh, I was, uh, I'm going to just say, Frank, I'm father of the month after, uh, after yesterday. Um, for, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Four nine-year-olds for like eight hours um, in the water park. And the, the, like my wife's a genius because she How long this, were you there? Eight hours from the, well, we were at the water park for six and a half hours. And then I took them out for dinner afterwards. Six and a half hours? Did you turn into a prune? No, no, honestly, Frank, after a while, like I would, and well, here's the thing. I actually had a 15 minute nap at one point because in, in the, the water, water park. park. Yeah. Well, because Were you people have, walking like, by being like, Hey, that's, that's Jason Greger. He's nah, sleeping nah. Well, there, inside no, no. the West Edmonton mall water park. <laughs> yeah. There is a, there's rows of white seats you'll have. So there's like the big wave pool and then there's a bunch of seating. So I'm in row two and I'd been in and out of the wave pool and you know, the kids go on the slides and I like to go on the slides. There's the cyclone, which is like, it'll do a complete 360 in the water. It's awesome. And then there's also the sky screen, which is basically you stand up, you cross your arms like this and then the bottom drops out and you fly down. It's unreal. Like, I love it. Like, I'm a little bit of a thrill seeker guy. And so, I, you know, I like to go on those every time I go just to tell myself I can still do it. Plus, I show the kids that, okay, hey, you know what? You don't want to be scared. And Mac, actually, his first time he went on the Sky Screamer, so he was pretty fired up. And he was, and he's like eight. And so, you know, those guys were in the wave pool. Like, after a while, I can't do the waves for that long. But so, you know what? I'm like, hey, it's my son's birthday, however long they want. So, you know, we had lunch in there, piece of pizza and, a, you know, some chicken nuggets, whatever. But at about 4.30, man, like I'd been running up the stairs. I don't know how many times. I'm just like, I'm going to sit in there. And we have tubes. So I was holding on to the tubes on my feet. I just sat in my chair, put my feet up. Next thing I know, out. My son comes over. Dad wake up. I'm like, whew, buddy, I just needed a power nap. So I think I was out for about 10 minutes, but that father of the month takes yeah, a nap so yeah, at six water. and a half hours in the water park. Then I took him out for dinner at, uh, at a little place where I have, you know, chicken wings and whatever. So, but I'll tell you like the kids at dinner while they're waiting for their food. This is why I feel like I'm father year, because I think it's important to make sure that your kids get tired out. They were sitting on the table, Frank, like this, just like dying. They're so bagged. It was awesome. So first you said father of the month, now father of the year. Well, yeah, father of the month's probably more. A little suspect. Yeah, um, father of the year is too much. Yeah, so that, that was a reach. The water part, like, I know it's a big thing in Canada. Like, it's not a big thing here. I, I can't, I can't wrap my head around the indoor water park. Oh, Doug, will you wait? Like, it is, honestly, the great Does part it about it. No, no. It's, like, it's Are so there, like, floating there? band-aids? Yeah, no. You know, thankfully not. I didn't. Well, you know what? There probably is one time, but I've never seen that. That's the worst. Yeah, it's like I, I get grossed out by the idea of like indoor water parks. It's like warm and it shouldn't be. And it's like, well, there's a lot I feel of like it's in an there, absolute Frank. germ. Like you got to you got to rinse off every hour and a half. I tell the boys to go have a shower just because I'm sure there's lots of chlorine in the water. But it, uh, there's actually like a surfing area, Frank, where you can stand up on a board. Now they have waves and you can try surfing. So uh, that's a lot of fun. There's lots going on there. It's uh, it is, it is one of the, the, well, 
I think it's the second largest indoor water park in the world. It's oh. honestly, if you, people who ever go there, they should go. Um, West Edmonton. Remember like I go to the West Edmonton mall. I just go with Tyler and we go gamble. Yeah. That's all I do. Yeah. See, well, there's, yeah, you can gamble anywhere. You can't go to an indoor water park. So shout out to, to Wham Water Park. They should pay me for that. Uh, um, great um, promotion of them, but it was a lot of fun. You know what? For, uh, for nine-year-old kids, like I'll tell you, man, it wasn't that hard actually. Like I've done, like I've seen some parents when they go to those Chuck E. Cheese or different places, like shoot me, you got to sit yeah. in there for four hours. No, I'd much rather do the water park. Cause after a while I can like, they're big enough. Now I just send them away. They go do what they want. As long as they were in pairs. That's all I cared about. Just make sure you have a buddy system. The buddy system. Huh? Buddy. Yeah, so it was good. It was good. Um, speaking of buddy system, uh, Frank, uh, McDavid and Drysaddle as buddies, they get back together. Uh, they, uh, you know, they've kind of pulled the orders out of the ditch uh, a little bit. But the the New Jersey Devils, I know we've talked about them lots. They continue to roll, but I do want to talk about one team that we really haven't seen in this situation in a long time, Frank. The Washington Capitals for for an organization like it seems that injuries. This might be the year that the Caps just don't get it done, you know, due to the injuries. And and I'm really wondering about a guy like Orloff. You think they move him at the deadline or they sign him? I think they would consider it. I think they're in a spot where it's it feels like a summer of transition for the Caps coming up. And I think the truth is injuries have undoubtedly crippled this team, but I think they would probably be – you know, it, at, at the bottom end of the playoff mix anyway, if they were he- completely healthy, that, you know, I don't know that they're threatening as, you know, one of the top teams in the conference or as a true Stanley Cup contender. But what's exciting if you're looking at it from a Capitals fan perspective is they've got so many pending free agents that they can really go just about any direction that Brian McClellan wants. You know, I'll just run through a few of them. Haglin, Brown, they've both been hurt uh, and probably done for the season or real close to it. Orlov is another UFA. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten UFAs other than that and three RFAs. So they're in a spot where that's a huge chunk of their roster. Sixteen players. Like, they can totally reinvent themselves this summer, pick and choose who they bring back. The thing is, I think their defense core gets pretty thin in a hurry once Orlov is is out of there that I think they'd have to consider re-signing him. But I guess the question is, what's the cost? And that's going to be a big one, I think, in terms of figuring that out. But I have no doubt that there would be certainly some interest in a guy that is pretty mobile has um, at times some edge to his game. And when he's playing with confidence, um, he's a pretty impressive player. But I'll tell you this. If both Orlov and Nick Jensen are available, there's going to be more interest, I think, in Nick Jensen. Really? Yes. Nick Jensen, uh, teams love his ability to withstand the forecheck. Doesn't matter how many times you dump it in his corner, his end, he gets it and he's cool and calm and teams love that they're up and out of their zone with ease. He's not going to panic. He's not going to fumble the puck. He's not going to throw it away. And I think for that cap hit and where he's at, that's a contract that has aged incredibly well, because when you think back to the beginning of his deal, it was a four year deal, 10 million bucks, two and a half per, I think he's, 
it was either as a healthy scratch or was knocking on the door of being a healthy scratch at one point. And that contract, they couldn't give him away at the beginning of it. And now they're in a spot where they've got a real nice commodity on their hands. And I wouldn't be shocked to see them get a first round pick in return. Well, and the interesting thing is about Washington and I'm always interested to see how teams handle the deadline. Cause you look at it, Frank, to say, oh, we're going to retool in free agency. It's rare that you get a lot of free agents at value, at least in the first two days of free agency. If you're smart to keep your powder dry and later, then you probably can. But to find quality defensemen, if you think Jensen's that good and you're Washington and Orlop, you're better off re-signing them rather than trying to, you know, go with youth and, and find someone better. Because that's what, that to me, and we're going to go to Columbus later on with Aaron Port's line. <laughs> There's a prime example, man. They, they've had blue line issues for years. Yeah, I, I would disagree with you. I would say that team, given all the years that they've mortgaged their future, is way better off trying to get as many young assets as they can. Get so it, you're get saying it. that they'd have to go into kind of a retooling? I, I, I think that's what they need. Like, they've got okay. a couple intriguing pieces. Um, Hendricks LaPierre, Connor McMichael, uh, they've both seen some time at the NHL level, but... They, they're not teaming with, with prospects uh, given how competitive they've been. It's understandable. They're sort of in a little bit of a better spot than Pittsburgh, um, but not by much because both those teams have been in the same window for the same number of years. So I, I would think that at some point they need to put more of a focus on that. But it's hard if you're the general manager because you're saying, well, what's – You've got to straddle both sides of the line in terms of the overall future of the franchise versus your own job security in terms of that team winning. But I, I think Brian McClellan's in a pretty secure enough spot after that 2018 Cup win. And uh, here we are, Frank, and I, and I pulled out the uh, the Sabre jersey uh, today because uh, Tage Thompson, That's your boy, top five in scoring, and uh, just because when he signed his contract, there was a lot of doubters. I'm like, do you guys watch Tage Thompson? This guy, I, I, I'm one of them. Yeah, to be that big and that like he is so skilled. Like the place he, he's six foot seven and has hands like a six footer. Like it's, I love watching him play. He, he's, I think his size, he's the closest player I've seen Frank, who can dangle for a big man, and he's not Mary Lemieux, but he's like I can't recall a big guy who has hands that soft. And the place Lindros? I, I don't. I'm just asking. Like, who is it? Honestly, I haven't seen one since Mario. Have you? Like, who would be the close? Like, Joe Thornton was big. I said. I said Lindros. Yeah. Well, Lindros was a power freak. Yeah. And he. Yeah, was but he, his of- hands were ridiculously soft. Yeah, but he was before Lemieux left, right? Like, didn't Lemieux retire after Lindros? Maybe not. Yeah, I think he was. It was but. close, but um. What, I'm trying to think of some other guys that might fall into that category. Like, do you, Jamie Ben's only six two, but do you? Yeah, include like they're him not in six that? six, man. Like, it's yeah. it's hard. Like, he is he is silky smooth, and uh, you know, and Rasmus Dahlin, like those Rasmus Dahlin, everyone's like, ah, oh, like, did you see his hit on Matt Nieto last night? Oh my goodness, we just don't see hits like that very often in the NHL. And I know the Sabers got a lot of other holes, and obviously goaltending. But, man, with, with Darlene and then you got Owen Power and Tage Thompson, if I'm a Sabres fan, I think that's that's a team that I am really watching for the next few years. You know, Quinn scored two goals. He's had banked some injuries. There's a young guy. Like, I think the future is really bright. It's not now for Buffalo, but I'm telling you, man, do not be surprised if the Sabres take a big jump next year if they can get a goalie. Uh, 
Well, I, I first off, let me eat crow on Tage Thompson and the contract because I was not a believer. And not to say that I didn't think there's talent there. I did. I just wondered, given how early they signed the deal, given that that one season was such a statistical outlier, the point that I kept making was how much more would it cost you later to then sign the deal. And I think the answer is if he goes out and blows that number away, 38 goals and 68 points this season, let's say he hits, I don't know, 90 something and scores 40 goals. Like, yeah, that contract will end up costing a bit more. You're probably going to be in, in the eights or something like that, eight and a half. Um, so they ended up saving themselves a bit of money and it was a calculated risk on their part, but it's certainly one that's paying off. And I'll say with the Sabres and their overall franchise outlook, what I really like is the patience. You saw the other teams around them in the standings, you know, Detroit and Ottawa make significant offseason moves. Their, Their internal mantra, their internal focus was, we are not signing or trading for any player who's going to get in the way of our young players. We want them to play. And I think that's been incredibly healthy. You know, they're, they're taking their lumps and it's certainly not pretty um, because they've come back to earth after a seven and three start. They're four, 10 and one since then they've really struggled, but the pieces are undoubtedly there and if they could just get one more, we talked about this in our daily face-off roundtable a couple weeks back on the site. It was, which market do you think would be the best fit for Connor Bedard? And I said, why not root for the chaos in Buffalo? You've got a few number one overall picks in Darlene and Power. Throw one more in. Oh. It'd be amazing. And, wow. and I, I just think the league is so much better when Buffalo and their fan base is engaged. And I get the sense that they are, which is interesting because I think a couple of these teams, and you mentioned we'll have Aaron Portsline on to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets and and the reaction in their market to a tough start to the season. But think about, Jay, what it's been like in Chicago. They had a good start to the year. Again, their wheels have fallen off. They were 4-2 and to start, and they're 3-11-4 since then. But... That fan fan base seems like it's actually happy and engaged and on board with the direction that they are trending in. You need buy-in from your fan base in order to pull off a rebuild. I think you and I are in agreement that no one really has a full grasp of exactly how long it takes to fully get there. But the fact that some of these fan bases are openly rooting for pain, and that's not the case in Buffalo, but they're on board with Buffalo's building, that I think it, it makes it so much more palatable to do your job. Yeah, the, the one challenge is going to be for Buffalo. How do they get a goalie, right? Because they've got they've got two. They've got them. You think that they're ready? Okay. You think they're not ready, but I, they've got two in their pipeline that they think are going to be really good. I think they're, it's going to matter. What's going to be really interesting in terms of where they're heading from here is, you know, they're in a spot where, you know, they may have too many. It's um, Devin Levi is one and, and Eric Portillo is the other. He's at Michigan. Um, the thing is, 
both of them might not like you may not get both of them to sign given that they know there's competition there. So they're uh-huh. in a spot where they might have to trade one of them. Well, then you know what? Maybe maybe you trade one to an organization that has two because they they're going to need one veteran guy. I don't every team so you need a veteran even if he's split. But Eric Comrie could be that guy as the as the backup or or one B. Yeah. No. But you know what I was like? What if they do a short term deal for Varlamov in the off season? Yeah. Right. Like I look at a goaltender and you're like, Hey, this guy can, you know what, if we need him to play more, he can, but man, now maybe it's cause he's on long. I'm, but so Devin Levi looks like really legit. Yeah. First off. Oh no. They, I, but they're young. Right. And like how many young goalies? He's, he's 20. Yeah. And we've seen other players come into the league at 21 and 22 in goal and play really well. I think they think he's maybe two years away. Yeah. Wow. And I do so, wonder, but though. you said, but we're talking about checking organizational boxes they, they've got that one checked it's just a short-term stopgap and you know who's played that really really well the detroit red wings yes they got nadelkovich they've got Vili huso and huso was only signed to three years Nadelkovich is a ufa at the end of this season yep they plucked helberg off of waivers and they've got kosa who you guys know well from the oil kings playing in the minors yeah. and figuring I, it out as a first round pick. Like the one goalie name, I'll just say right today on December 5th, that if he gets to free agency, will be sought after in Tristan Jari. That's the guy. I don't think he's getting a free agency. Yeah, I would agree with you. See, here's the thing. Why would he? If you're Pittsburgh, you've got nothing coming. And Casey DeSmith, you know, is not the answer. They need to bite the bullet and sign Tristan Jari. Well, they have to, but like, look at what the direction of that team, right? Like you've talked about it, Frank, like at some point, the paper, the Piper is going to get paid, right? How about Kasperi Kapanen, by the way, where did that come from? Guy was a healthy scratch for like 12 straight games or something insane and has a four goal weekend. And confidence can be a powerful beast at times for players. And you're right. He literally, I was just like, get off the schneid. Here I come. And, you know, like 10 points now in 16 games, you know, like you're like, Hey, that's pretty good. But it's yeah, uh, yeah. It's amazing. It's, Cause you're right. He looked, but oh. he was a player, Frank, you talk to people that have seen him play for a year. There's a lot of people in Toronto. like, this guy's going to be really good. Like he, he might be the, one of the more frustrating players for scouts because they see the potential of what he can do when he's on. He just doesn't seem to be on very often. Uh, I, I think a lot of people, you know, at this age right now, 26, he is what he is. And a lot of people view him as someone that doesn't have the compete and consistency and work ethic to make it. Yeah. And that's fair, but you know what? But he, but you know what? Here, here's the spot that the, um, that the Penguins are in, like they signed him to a deal with another year on it yeah, they and they knew what he was and they were saying, well, you know what? It's tough because Kapanen goes out and gets you 35, 40 points every year. We actually need those points. Mm-hmm. How are we going to replace those points? But now they've talked themselves into a deal that's not looking so good. And I'll tell you what, you know what other deal is not looking so good for the Pittsburgh Penguins right now? Uh, there's a, a, a list of them, but the one that's not being talked about very much is Jeff Carter. Yeah, well, age, right? You always, sometimes when you hit that wall. But uh, Carter's, he's also been a, a rather streaky guy, 
right? Uh, they, I think they overthought this one though. They stepped up last year and decided to make that decision in January. Yeah. And I think had they gotten to the end of last season, they probably would have done something a little different and signed him to a two-year deal that at 3.125, you know, my guess is they probably wish they didn't. Yeah, they no, probably wish it was one year. That no, that's that's valid. There's there's no question uh, about that. There, hey, there, there, we can go around the league of guys who uh, uh, you know contracts that the teams are uh, have an instant regret or you know one year in, two years in, and it doesn't really matter. The thing about Capitan is though, there's always a few guys, and, and the league's littered with them for what they bounce around a few spots, and all of a sudden twenty six seven, you know, they keep getting chances because you see the potential. And, you know, even if Capital won his conch, someone would sign him for a million bucks, Frank, and he'd score 20 goals. And people would be like, oh, my goodness. Right? Like, that's, that's what he's capable of. But you're right. He, his, he doesn't rev high enough often enough. Yeah. Let's bring in uh, Tyler Uremchuk. Ty, good morning. How are you doing? You are muted. Well, that's a fine. Yeah, sorry, had the old mute button on. I'm very jealous that you got to spend the, the yesterday at the World Water Park, Jason. One of my uh, favorite spots to go to. So, oh, I, but it's killer! Oh, it's killer! It's oh my god, Tyler. Would you blind people with how pale you are if you took your shirt off? All right, let's get into buy or sell delivered by our friends at DoorDash, where you can use the promo wow. code. You can use the promo code GameDay25 to get yourself 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app. Starting things off with the Boston Bruins, they just cannot be stopped. It's remarkable. They have only have three losses on the season. I'm going to go ahead and say they go over Florida's 122-point mark from last season. That's what it took to win the President's Trophy last year. I'm going to say the Bruins go over that this year. Buy or sell, Jay? Ooh, they are off to a rolling start, but, man, that's a lot of points. Um I'm going to I'm going to bet the average and I'm going to say uh, I am selling because it's just you don't see many teams get that many points in, in any given season and so run of injury run of bad luck you name it so I will take uh, I will say sell and they will be under. I'm going to buy. They only need 82 points to get there and they have 59 games remaining. So 82 points in 59 games. That's 1.4 points per game. Still pretty good stretch. Yeah, it, it is, but not really. Um, seven. You need to finish with a 744 points percentage in order to get to 122 points plus. I'm going to buy. Yeah, I'm buying. Now, you said they needed 82 in their next 59 games? Yeah. Right? 41 okay. and 18. Uh, right? In the in the 56-game season, only three teams had 80 points, so that's why I'm going sell. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's they've set themselves up to, to be in the mix is the point. Yeah. Just shows you how good Florida was last year. It, well, it does, but I would say when you consider what the Panthers' record was through 22 games last year – which was, let's see, uh, 22 games last year. The Panthers were 15-4-3. So the Bruins are significantly better. I mean, they're, the point is the door is open. It is. 
It'll be an interesting race, actually. Uh, speaking of those Florida Panthers, Frank, I know you handled a similar question on the DFO mailbag, um, but I'm going to go ahead and say they will be the first team to make a significant trade this season. Are you buying or selling, Frank? Don't know about that. This just in, uh, actually, while we were taping the pod, checked in with some uh, Florida Panthers sources, and Patrick Hornquist is going to be out for a while. He's been added to LTIR. <laughs> And that may, keyword may, throw a wrench into what I said was, I think, a lock to be the first real trade of the season. And it always came with that caveat, to be totally clear, that if the Panthers remained healthy and Anthony Duclair was ready to come back, they had to make a trade for cap reasons. Well, now if Hornquist is out, then they can get by and activate Duclair without having to trade anyone. Duclair is still 20, like three weeks away, 20 days away. At least they said around Christmas time. And uh, if you're retroactively applying LTIR to, uh, to Hornquist, that means he needs to miss 24 days. So who knows? Let's get a better idea on Hornquist, but you heard it here, Hornquist heading to LTIR. All right. Uh, I'm going to sell because I think the Vancouver Canucks will uh, be jumping in the trade market. Yeah, here, let me throw you this one then. Brock Besser, will he still be a Vancouver Canuck on, we'll say, the first day of 2023, January 1, 2023? Jay, will Besser still be a Canuck? No, I think they're gonna. I think he's gonna get moved. Um, and I think I think there'll be significant interest around uh, Brock Besser. You know what? Like people, ah, Brock Besser's having a bad year. I'm like, he's still got 15 points, and like, it's not awful, right? It's it's not like he's got one goal in 20 games and three points. Uh, um, you know, I think Brock Besser is is a player that. And Vancouver, you know what? If I'm trading Brock Besser though, and this is what's gonna be, the, they need to find a defenseman. For Brock Besser, they got to find a trading part because trading Brock Besser for another scoring forward, you're just moving the chess pieces around the board and that aren't, I don't believe are helping. Good you. luck. Um, I don't, I don't know where that trade is, but that's what I'd be looking for. And I think Brock Besser is going to have some interest, Frank. Right. I, I don't know. The fact that they've gotten to this point where they've given the agent permission to seek a trade tells you that they've been looking for one and haven't been able to find one, and they're throwing up the white flag. Four goals is the problem to this point for a guy that's a goal scorer. And mm-hmm. he's never hit 30. I know he was on pace for it a couple of years ago in the lockout or the pandemic shortened season, the 56 gamer, when he had uh, 23 and 56. But the big question around Brock Besser is, I don't even think it's so much concern about the contract. It's when he's not scoring, what is he doing for you? And... It's, it's bizarre how the Canucks have handled their business because they have twisted themselves into a mental pretzel at varying points with how to, you know, figure out their salary cap table moving forward. They struggled on what a fair deal was for Brock Besser last year. I think at, at, at some point the Besser camp had said to them, if you don't want him or if you don't have interest, just trade him. Like, we'll figure it out the next deal somewhere else. They bit the bullet three times 6.65. Then they signed um, JT Miller, and now they're in this spot with Bo Horvat that they'd probably rather keep and know now that he's their best asset to trade. All that was a really long way of saying, uh, I am going to sell and say that he is playing for the Canucks on January 1st and beyond. 
All right, let's wrap this up with our Points Bet Canada bonus question. Boy, if you uh, decided to roll over some bets on Mitch Marner or Jason Robertson to get a point, you'd be a very rich man right now. 19-game point streak for Marner, 18-game point streak for Jason Robertson, and they go head-to-head tomorrow as the Leafs and Stars face off. The question is simple. Do their point streaks each survive, Jason? Oh, yeah, they're rolling right now. Um I think uh, I will see it extend. I haven't looked at either team's schedules, but uh, head-to-head, I think uh, both teammates uh, are all the teammates of both guys will want to get it done. I think both of them right now are confidence is an all-time high. And, uh, hey, I'd love to see someone streak into uh, close to 30, 30-plus. 30 so I'm going to say yes, both are uh, going to get points in their head What a weenie answer that is. Why? Uh, I'm going to say... That they, I use the word weenie, by the way. Like, (laughs) it is, it's a weenie answer. I'd like to see their streaks get to 30. Like, who, like, okay. Um, I'm gonna, Tyler, here's what I would do just for fun I would place a parlay on both Robertson and Marner streaks, both ending on Tuesday. Oh, you're like the Grinch, you're the point streak Grinch, Frank. (laughs) No, but like. That's the odds would probably be pretty good. I would imagine. And if you think about it, like they're both beyond due to go without a point. And the fact that they could both do it in the same game where there's so much pressure. I don't know. Uh, I like to root for chaos. That's what I would root for. I know. Uh, I I don't think there's much pressure on extending a point streak. It's not like, are you kidding? Both those both those guys in the same day, there's going to be insane pressure. No one wants to be the guy that gets through that game and doesn't get, get a point. Well, that's a weenie answer. The other guy continues on. He continues on and you don't come on. Oh, that's good stuff. All right. That's why they're both going to do it. Hence the non weenie answer. All right, when uh, Points Bet Canada has the lines up tomorrow, Frank, I'll build you a little same-game parlay and let you know what the odds are. Uh, that's a wrap on this week's edition of Buy or Sell, delivered by DoorDash. Tyler, did you know that there's Edmonton is one of the most sunny cities in the world? Did you I know did that? know that. Oh, yeah, buddy. Hey, when it's minus 20, Frank, we have a lot of sunlight. That's the uh, the one benefit. That's the one thing that people, like, yeah, it sucks, but it's not that cold here for the most part. It's cold for a few times. But, yeah, I've been to places when it's cold and it's not sunny. Like, I, I've stayed in Vancouver like once for two weeks, and I was just like, like Pittsburgh I get is the grayest city nice. in the United oh. States. Ugh. Maybe that's why they're always twisting themselves in a pretzel, man, because it's just gray all the time. I, uh, Tyler, get out there and get some sun, big boy. I wouldn't want it's to hard to get a tan, though, when it's still winter. I mean, it's not like I can go, what, sit on my deck for two hours but today, Ty, Frank? Let's be real, though. You're not, like, your pigmentation, even in the summertime, you're not You're not a tan guy. No. Uh, yeah, that's that no. should be abundantly clear yeah. by looking at me. Yeah. Like, Ty, <laughs> Ty's bordering on being a redhead at this point. Pretty much. Ooh, yeah. That's fighting words. No. Well, no. Ah, come on, Just Frank. Saying. Well, it's not like Frank's pigmentation. If we put Ty, get back on the screen here. Look at Frank and Ty's pigmentation. I Dude, I get I get really tan in the summer, and you I don't tan? I don't have to try. You do, yeah. What? Do you burn? I, no, I don't burn. My I I I you know occasionally I can, but I don't I don't actually wear any sunscreen at all. <laughs> have you ever read up on cancer? Yeah, I actually I have heard of cancer, like skin yeah. cancer. It's a legit thing. <laughs> Jeez, I love a guy in 2020. You want to talk about a weenie answer? Yeah, hey guys, guess what? I don't use sunscreen. <laughs> I, I well, I don't, I don't, I generally, I don't burn at all, so I don't really. Yeah, I know, but you can still get skin cancer without burning. 
Yeah. Just true. Yeah. The yeah. UV rays are like, hey, you know what? If you're not burnt, you're good. <laughs> this edition I don't want you of to die, EFO man, Rundown young. presented by yeah. Athletic Brewing and now Neutrogena. There you go. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, no, um, my wife had it. I'm a little sensitive to skin cancer because my wife had it briefly. And um, so I would always recommend, trust me now, like, because I was probably like you, Frank, for the longest time, I didn't really put on the sunscreen, but now it's virtually a non-option. So it's uh, it lathered right. on. I find it, it moisturized your skin. It's a little bit softer too. So yeah. I like that. As I say, my last name ends in a vowel and I don't need it. <laughs> Uh, we're going to get to uh, uh, Aaron uh, Portsline in a sec. Quickly, uh, we talked about it there briefly, but what do you make of the, now you say Brock Besser when the agent, uh, you know, they reach out, or is, is there also some frustration? Like he was going to be a healthy scratch and then due to injury, he gets in that game. Like there, there, there's a little bit, I wonder, Frank, of, you know, the agent looking for a trade because now they're, they've reached the point where they're not happy with how they've been handled here. And, um, you know, I think there's a team that's going to be able to potentially buy buy low on Besser, right? I mean, maybe. And the Canucks would be happy to just, I think, get rid of a contract and get some space. But you can't you can't give them away. Is is the fact? Like, yeah. that's oh, the yeah. other part of it. Is they need something in return. Like, who's going to replace those points in their lineup? And that's it's a really difficult spot to be in if you're Vancouver. You don't have very many tradable pieces. And when you, the ones you do have, you want to get something back for, and they may not be able to get a whole lot. Yeah, that's always, you know, that's a valid concern. I don't think there's any question about that. Like Brock Besser, to me, is, um, you're right, his goal totals are down a, a little bit this year. But for the most part, you know, there's been two kind of consistent in, in Besser's career. He misses games due to injury. You know, there's always a few, um, you know, 10, 11, maybe a little bit more. But, man, his points per game, Frank, um, every year, 0. 0.81, 0. 0.89, 0. 0.88, 0. 0.65, 0. 0.79, and he's at 0.79 this year. Like, I know his goal total's down, but his actual point production has been fine. pretty consistent across he, he the board. He closed last year on a great run. I think he had, if I'm not mistaken, 29 points in 42 games to close out the season. Yeah, and I, I remember Jim Rutherford saying how proud he was of Brock, given all that he battled through with his dad and then ultimately passing away. And I think everyone was expecting this to be a bounce back season, but it hasn't been in some ways, at least in the goal department. And I think the frustration, I think what this speaks to is the frustration, not just that Brock Besser has, but a lot of players on the Vancouver Canucks team. I think they're tired of the drama. They're tired of the losing. They're tired of all the things that have come with it. And it's like, Hey, I could get a fresh start elsewhere. Maybe it's about time for that. Well, I'll be something to look at. And uh, speaking of frustration, I got to think in Columbus, it's at a halt all time high right now. There's a lot of hype and I think a lot of heightened expectations and they have not lived up to it at all. Uh, we'll get uh, to Aaron Port's line now and he'll join us in the rundown. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Our next guest has covered the Columbus Blue Jackets since day one of the franchise's existence, first at the Columbus Dispatch and now at The Athletic. But the DFO Rundown is pleased to welcome Aaron Portsline to the show. Aaron, how are you doing? Good, good. Thanks, guys. Good to see you. Good to uh, be with you. Yeah, Porty, great to connect with you. And uh, Porty, one of the great guys around the beat. Um, you, you've seen so many things. I, I just want to start here. You've seen yeah. just about everything you could imagine on the Blue Jackets beat. Did you see this season coming and the way that it's unfolded to this point? Uh, absolutely not. Um, honestly, this is about as... In that respect, maybe as surprising as any season they've had. I, you know, I, I didn't necessarily buy the playoff hype that this was for sure a playoff team. I didn't know that, you know, does Johnny Gaudreau patch all of the stuff that was wrong with them? Really, the last thing they needed, not that they didn't need Gaudreau, of course you make that move, but of all the things the roster needed, it wasn't scoring left winger. It was, you know, defensive help. It was improved play goaltending-wise, something down the middle, which has been a chronic problem for the organization. But I didn't think they would crater like this. And, it, you know, it's too easy. It's too easy right now with all of the injuries to say, well, that that's why this team is where it is this year. And that's certainly a huge part of it. To me, that's why this season almost certainly is – over for them now but that's not why they're where they're at this was a dreadful team for the first three weeks of the season even when they were mostly healthy um they just looked lost for three weeks now they have no they have nothing in the lineup really in terms of firepower beyond Gaudreau and line a uh to get them back in this thing Wierenski being gone is a total crusher but now they're playing Mostly not great last night against Detroit, but they've started to play really hard and mostly well defensively. But none of that was evident early. And so once again, you know, it was over well before Thanksgiving this year. We've had plenty seasons of like this in Columbus where the, the season is essentially over before the turkey's on the, the table on Thanksgiving Day. So what is the focus then for this team moving forward? What, what would you like to learn about this team aside from themselves trying to position, you know, themselves yeah. for the draft lottery? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 to me, there's so much that can be taken from a season like this. If you 
accept what it is and go about it the right way. Um, you just start in goal. Elvis Merzlikens is in the first year of a five-year contract. He has an 864 save percentage, right? Okay, can this this has to be rehabilitated. The player has to be rehabilitated. This has to work. Um, and so if they can find some traction between Merzlikens and this team playing and solidify that back end, they've got a really bright kid coming in, Daniil Tarasov who's really knocking on the door already, they could clear space for him. But I don't know what you do with Merzlikens when he's playing like he is right now. So that has to be fixed. Um, down the middle, this team, as I said earlier, chronic problem at center. Um, they've drafted first-round centers, a couple of them high, Ryan Johansson, Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, neither of them panned out, though they look like number one centers at times. They've gone on to other cities to do most of the, to have most of their careers. Um, they have to fix that down the middle. Cole Sillinger looked like he was going to be a big time player last year. I still think he will, but he's having not a great sophomore season at all. Uh, Jack Roslovic kind of fooled them. It looks like now the last 20 games of last season into thinking he was regular, regular, ready to be a top six guy. And he has been as lost this season as he has been in previous careers, 26 years old. I think we now know what Jack Roslovic is. So that center ice has to be fixed. And the other and you wonder if, if Ken Johnson is having a very good rookie season, uh, sort of sixth goal last night, but you wonder, and, and I've been told it has been considered that the Sillingers, the, the Johnsons, um, Igor Chinikov, this young cluster of players who they need to be playing big minutes and prominent roles. Um, and maybe they're not able to do that at the NHL just yet. So thought has been given and could come to pass that they go to the AHL team in Cleveland and play big roles, much like David Yurichek, their first-round pick this year is. They've parked him there. He came up for a little bit. It, it was okay. It wasn't his fault. The team was atrocious at that point. And they've decided since then to leave him in Cleveland. Uh, he's not going to play enough games to kick in his first year. He's playing 22 minutes a night in Cleveland. He's 18 years old. As a, as a defenseman in pro hockey, that's plenty. The AHL is plenty. Um, so to me, it's fix the goaltending and really find out what you have with these kids, really set a standard for the, the players that are going to be counted on to elevate this team uh, in the in the not too distant future. The back end is going to be completely overhauled here with three first round draft picks. The last two drafts, that wave is starting to come You're a check I mentioned, but there are others. Um, so that's going to look radically different in the next couple of years. They can't really do much with that now, but they, they, they can really help. I think that needs to, this season needs to be dedicated to fixing the goaltending spot and figuring out what they have with their young kids. You know, the goaltending spot, you know, get in line for other teams, you know, Jack Campbell, Jacob Markstrom, Thatcher, Demko, you go down the list. Like, But Merzlikens is, and I looked at his numbers before it came on, I'm like, oof. Like he's pretty much worst in the NHL across the board in yes. a lot of statistics, Aaron. And he was the guy that, like, the 
a lot of people felt like, okay, he can go. How much of this is mental for him? It seems that position more than anything else be, becomes the issue. And what is he and the Blue Jackets like? What's their plan of attack to try to find his game the rest of the way? Yeah. So you, you wonder when he goes back in. He's been cleared. They play in Pittsburgh Tuesday. They're home to Buffalo Wednesday. He's got to play one of those games. Um, it is – I'm not a, a – Everything that the, that the team says, yes, it's it's mental. It's mental. The tools are there. He's healthy. Um, you know, you don't, I hate to keep bringing it up, but you, you have to go back. Last year he was affected, as acknowledged he was affected, uh, by Matisse Kivleniak's death. Yeah. Um, I think everybody wondered and nobody wanted to say, nobody wanted to speak it into existence what effect that can in a nationwide arena would have on him in, in a PTSD sense. And I'm not saying that to make light of it in any way. Um, and he acknowledged last year it messed him up and he was not fully there mentally. A lot of nights couldn't, didn't feel like he could be. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, that's something that he has, he has met with, He's talked to people about it, people who would be able to help him through that. Um, that trauma that is going to be there uh, somewhere in the recesses of mind forever. Um, I don't know if that's still affecting him. I, I, I it, you know, he can't forget that, but I, I think as a guy watching it, I try not to apply that to everything that he's, he's doing. Cause that's kind of unfair as well, but he, you know, you could see games this season early where he had no trust of the play in front of him, and that was understandable. Again, they were atrocious. And when the goalie doesn't trust what's in front of him, a goalie like this, you start to see him try to do everything. He's making saves where he's in the lower right circle. He's like way out of the net trying to be superhero. And then you see the players in front of him not quite trusting him. And then they lose it, and everything just falls to crap. And Corpusalo comes in, and play seems to steady. Harrisov comes in, and play seems to steady. It'll be very interesting to see what Elvis looks like and what the team looks like with Elvis the next time he plays. It just hasn't worked early this season. I don't want to keep thinking every time there's a struggle that it's related to the tragedy of a couple of summers ago. Um, so I'm not going there this time this year, but it, he is, he needs this. The thought from GM Yarmo Kekalainen is that these last two weeks, two and a half weeks since he's played can be very beneficial for it. Sometimes you just have to turn the computer off and turn it back on again, rather than try to keep fixing programs that aren't working. So maybe this reset will help him sort of get it back together again. Now, if you look at the teams currently at the bottom, Chicago, Anaheim, Columbus, Arizona, Philadelphia, I don't think there's a team that has as two dominant wingers in line A and Goudreau. Uh, to play with. If you were Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli, Columbus would seem like the best fit if you want early success as an offensive center. You've talked about the lack of having that guy. Like, there's a lot of talk about Bedard, and rightfully so, but how much talk is there about the the American Fantilli and Columbus, Aaron? And, um, you know, you look at both of those guys and, and how that could really help set up this organization. Like, they, 
you don't say you want an organization to lose. Yeah. But as you mentioned off the top, their season's gone. Like they'd be better off not winning too much down the stretch. Yes. It has been said by many after a night like last night, they lost to the Red Wings at home. Quality loss. <laughs> Quality loss at home. Um, young kids looked pretty good. Kent Johnson scored. The goaltending was fine. Just didn't get there. Right? No points. Yeah. Um, yeah, not not to be overly cynical, this team has never tanked, ever tanked intentionally. Now, there have been years where they've been atrocious, for sure. But the years were – the year that they were truly awful was the Ryan Murray draft. Who was at the top? The Nugent Russian, Hopkins. You no, know, the Russian kid with uh, Yaka, um Neil Yakupov. Neil Yakupov. What was that and right? Yeah, they didn't want Yakupov, so they got Murray. That worked out fine. But that's the kind of draft they've landed in when they've been at the at the bottom of the standings. The only time they've ever had the number one pick was Rick Nash when they traded up to get it. Yeah. They've never had it on their own merit. They've never used the lottery to move up, which is incredible when you consider the struggles that this franchise has had. They're not tanking now. They are not, which there are fans – <laughs> they go to Winnipeg and beat Winnipeg four to one, and you know half the fan base is saying, "Hey, quality win! This thing could work out." And the rest of the fan base is going, "What the hell are you doing? Don't do this!" Because um, they're tired of these seasons that have the twelve five and one finish that everyone says, "Well, that's a springboard to next year." It's never a springboard to next year. What happens in April does not matter the next October. It's, in, it's insanity. All it does is put them to, to drafting ninth or eighth, right, out of the hunt. So there is a huge thirst from many, in the, not to tank, not to be uh, that, that disgusting, um, you know, send people down to the minors when they're playing well, true tank. Uh, they're not going to do that, but there is a huge taste here for them to finally land that player that you can only get in the draft. And yes, it's Bedard, it's Fantilli. Fantilli's just up the road at Michigan, so there's a lot of familiarity there. There's a lot of Michigan in this dressing room with Wierenski, with Kent Johnson. Um, so I, I think Johnson knows both Fantilli and Bedard. Um, certainly, he could be a future line mate of, of, of either of those players. Yes, that is, you know, in addition to fixing the things we talked about already, that is the, the dream aspect of the season that I don't think anyone saw coming. Porty, we're less than 90 days away from the NHL trade deadline on March 3rd, never too early to start looking ahead. And I wanted to have you walk us through what you think the Blue Jackets deadline plans might be. I think. You mentioned, interestingly enough, the guys that the Blue Jackets have coming on the back end. So it would seem that a pending unrestricted free agent in Vladislav Gavrikov might be pretty obvious. But what about someone like Gustav Nyquist, another pending UFA? And then what do they do in net? Like, is there a chance, given that Tarasov has looked pretty good, does Corpusalo move on? Like, what I thought Corpusalo would go last year. What's what's yeah. the status in net? Yeah, so Corpus Hall is an interesting case. He had, <clears throat> excuse me, had a hip surgery last late last season, and the team stepped forward before he even had the surgery, I think, to extend him by a year. So this was going to be an issue last year. What do they do with Corpus Hall? He's probably going to be moving on. And then he got hurt. 
Um, he's played quite well, actually, now for the last few starts. He's definitely a, a tradable commodity. I don't know that there's a team that sees him as a bankable number one yet. I think he I think he was seen as that, like coming out of the bubble when he was really at the peak of his young career. I think he could be playing his way back into that right now. That's kind of what these next few months can be. But I definitely think that's a possibility. I've been thinking if if Merzlikens ever got it together or gets it together the rest of the way and looks like the dominating goalie, it's kind of a stretch at this point. That contract is is a frightening one to look at with his numbers right now. But he's a guy that a year ago you would have said there's lots of teams that would have considered that that player. He's a dynamic player when he's going well. Um, so what goes on there? I, I I do think a goalie moves. It's probably Corpusalo because it sure looks like Tarasov is ready. Um, the Gavrikov situation is interesting to me. I think they want to keep him. They've tried. They've had early conversations with his agent, um, Milstein. It has not uh, been apparent to them that a deal is close. So if he isn't signed, he's going to be traded. But that is a huge loss for them on the back end. They've got a ton of young players coming. But Gavrikov and Wierenski have been the anchors here uh, the last couple of years on the left side of the top two pairs. Um, but it, it's pretty it's pretty clear that way. If they can get him signed, they want to keep him. If not, they got to move him. You can't let that commodity just leave. Uh, Nyquist is a guy, I think it should be trickier than it is, but I think they're going to trade him with all of the wingers they've got. I think one thing they've learned this year is you do miss those veteran players when they're not around. This team misses Nick Felino and David Savard big time. Um, and they're waiting for others to sort of step into that role. Nyquist is quietly a really strong leader and very consistent player on this team. They will miss him if he's traded, um, but he is a pending UFA. They've got tons of young U wingers alexander texier could be back to play next year currently in switzerland um so even more wingers coming so i do think he gets moved and there could be some surprises in there um roslovic is a tantalizing player for some teams i don't know if they see him if any playoff team sees him as a third line centerman uh defensively i just think he's too big of a question mark but he has He's, he has offensive talent that puts him in the upper echelon of players in the league. Um, if you can just find the right situation in the right line, I think he could be an important winger for a player, for a team uh, in, down the, the stretch. And got to ask you, Porty, about Brad Larson. You know, I, I think this season has, around the league, it's been open speculation about which coaches are on the hot seat and which aren't. Larson in year two, of his stint behind the Columbus bench. We had him on our pod right as he was hired. And, and Jason and I looked at each other. We were like, man, we'd run through a wall for that guy. Like he is, yeah. he yeah. is, uh, he's got some charisma. He's got um, a little something to him, but it yeah. hasn't really quite worked out to this point. How much of that do you think the blue jackets are questioning the coach? Where do they stand on that front? Is the seat warm at all? Yeah, well, I, I think it was warm early because it had to be because it was so off the rails bad. I think it's steady now. I think the injuries give him and, frankly, Yarmo Kekalainen a, um, a real cover here for how things were early in the season. 
they have played better. Uh, that must be said. And they're they're also gutted with injuries. Almost forty million out of the lineup at one point. Think about that. <laughs> almost forty million dollars worth of salary cap out of the lineup. Um, so it, it you know he's almost being graded on a curve now the rest of the way because of the injuries. Is he the long-term answer at coach? I don't know. I, I, I don't think that this team can be as atrocious as they've been defensively on the whole. Again, it's been better lately, but they cannot be this bad defensively and expect to sustain any sort of winning. Um, so that has to get better. Um, you know, you, you look, do they need a Barry Trotz? Do they need a, this sort of dynamic, big market coach Tortorella did wonders here I know he's a he is a lightning rod for so many other things um he changed the organization he was exactly what they needed uh he's not he's not for everyone but do they need a a strong coach again on the heels of Larson is Larson a bridge uh teaching these young players being the patient hand with these young players um yeah, I, I mean, coaches don't tend to last long in the NHL. I, I think what's happening in front of us is that the car that Larson was hired to drive last season is not that car anymore. It, with Yad Gaudreau and you've got Line, and now you've got some Ferraris there, is he that kind of coach? He was certainly the coach a year ago where they were challenged and playing up every night where they were the little guy on the block. And as you said, you go through a wall for the guy. Um, yeah, I don't pretend to know what the what the long-term looks like or which coach may be best suited to coach this team when they add the skill that's coming on defense, when Johnson needs to play center. There's just so much development here. I, I feel like he's for sure a development coach. Is he a next-stage coach? I think that's still to be determined. Aaron, uh, we always like to finish our interviews with a little bit of rapid fire, uh, some fun questions, oh, right. serious ones. And uh, the only rule is you have to answer them, all right? Shit. Do I need a lawyer present? <laughs> no, hopefully not. No, no, okay. hopefully not. Um, Mr. McConnell has uh, owned the team. Uh, they have been around since 1998. They've only ever really had three general managers. Yeah. And not a lot of success. Are the Blue Jackets, is patience a virtue or is it a detriment in that organization? I think it's a virtue in uh, these, these, this is rapid fire. Uh, I think it is a virtue on the whole. I do think complacency in Columbus, Ohio is an issue. Which person have you seen be the most scared by the cannon? Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> um, All-star game when it was here, almost hit the deck after he scored. Uh, after it went off the first time, he literally almost hit the ice uh, in fear. He's getting better with it. <laughs> he only scores at home. He hasn't scored on the road yet. Um, he's piling up the assists. But, yes, Gaudreau's reaction to the cannon. Uh, player category, Johnny Gaudreau. Writer category, Dave Molinari, Pittsburgh. All right, he um, hates it. Well, he actually, you know Molinari. Um, not the most nimble of men. Came out of <laughs> Got out of his chair. It was literally out, cleared his chair with the cannon the first couple of times. Hates the cannon. Oh, yeah. I love, you know what? Uh, I've only experienced it once uh, in person, and I always want to go back because, man, it gets, it's so funny how people even know it's coming and it still shocks them. 
you know, yeah. So I, I'm, I don't work in this year. This year's deaf. So, but I, 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 re, I notice myself reflects that without even thinking about it. When the game starts to say the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I go, like, I just hear that, and it's, it's reflexive. Score, boom. Like, I've known, I've, I've figured out to, speaking of rapid fire, to just go right at it. Easy one plug, keep typing with your left hand. The Blue Jacket. <laughs> <laughs> what a beauty. <laughs> I like that answer. Um, Aaron, you mentioned uh, complacency in Columbus, but yeah. Columbus might be one of the, the most underrated markets to go to for an opposing fan, for yeah. social stuff around. For yeah. people that are coming to Columbus, where, where's the go-to restaurant and what, what is the pub you would recommend? Well, there's, there's um, the Tip Top Kitchen is a fantastic place right downtown. Uh, the R Bar for pregame pregame beers is like right there. It's almost it almost feels like you're in a, in a movie set there when you drink at the R Bar and walk the the brick lined streets to the entryway. It's like is this an actual downtown city? It is. Um, the North Market is incredible if you're looking for an afternoon place to grab lunch and get all sorts of vibes from the city. Um, yeah, and there's a you know German Village is a blast. The short north is the area just north of town. It's um, r- just a few steps from the Arena District, just filled with bars and galleries and all kinds of of funky stuff. So um, it's not Manhattan and it's not Toronto certainly, but it is a super convenient uh, and really comfortable place to be with lots of great. You guys have been here enough to know lots of great places and great haunts to hang out and places to stay open late after the game. What was your favorite Tortorella quote during his six plus years in Columbus? Um, oh God. I mean, that is, there are just too many, too many interactions. Uh, my best one with him was when Sergei Bobrovsky was suspended and he did the great, I'm not talking about the goalie. And you're like, John, John, everything's about the goalie right now. He's the goalie. And I just kept going in on the goalie and he kept pushing back. I told you, I'm not talking about the goalie. And I said, John, the people want to know. And then he just started going in. So you're the man of the people. Is that what you are now? The man of the people. And so that became uh, my sort of nickname with Tortorella for Tortorella's nickname for me for a couple of months after that. We had a great relationship. We went back and forth a bunch of times. We disagreed on a bunch of shit. Um, But, I mean, in terms of quotes, the hard thing about covering him and Tortorella was uh, him and Hitchcock, sorry, Ken Hitchcock was here prior, um, is writing a story in which they aren't the first quote because they're so damn quotable. Both of those guys, there's they, no one talks like that in the league anymore. They're so concise and specific. Sometimes you don't want to talk about things and then they end up doing it, but it's always incredibly insightful um, and descriptive about a player. Except he, when it isn't. He gets himself in trouble that way as well. Um, but in terms of quote worthiness, it, it's off the charts. Now you mentioned earlier that he was the, what the organization needed. Why? Yeah. In what way? Um, what did he get? Well, they didn't know who they were. They thought they what they were doing was enough. They thought they were in good enough shape. They thought they were competitive enough. They thought they wanted to win enough. Um, the, uh, people were comfortable in roles that, frankly, they hadn't earned or deserved to keep. 
And he came in, he wasn't right about everything. He never is. Nobody is, but, but just completely stripped everything down in terms of uh, who deserved what everything started anew. And the players that were working their, their back ends off and, and not moving up suddenly elevated. And the players that were at the peak that didn't necessarily deserve to be or weren't ever challenged, you saw them get challenged for the first time. Um, Ryan Johansson was challenged by John Tortorella. There got, Zach Wierenski was challenged by Tortorella. There were lots of guys in the room that at times couldn't stand him. And by the time he left, they were wearing Towards for President's T-shirt, Towards for President T-shirts. Um, they Most of the guys here really, really enjoyed their time with him and felt like they grew exponentially, uh, both as players and guys off the ice. And lastly, how concerned are people about the health of Voracek? Uh, very, and, and they should be. And the team is... The team is... Um, it's been whispered about for a few weeks. He's going to talk today. Jake is this morning. Um, it you get the sense he's done playing, um, it, or that most people think he is, or is leading that way. He still has another year left on his contract. Um, you know, it's kind of sad how you you see things in over a stretch of time that become clearer to you as time passes. He was coming by the rink after right after the injury happened frequently. Because uh, Jake is a rink rat and wanted to be part of it, and then he stopped coming by the rink, um, at least for public public viewing. He's hasn't watched morning skates, hasn't been around a ton. Um, he's still fighting the symptoms of it. I think the bigger concern for a lot of people is that he has a healthy, happy life with with his kids after the his career. Um, Rick Nash is a great resource for him. His career ended that way as well. Um, so, yeah, can he get it together and start to feel better and have a healthy post-career life, I think, is the bigger focus right now. Uh, but we'll hear more from him this morning. Aaron, as always, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for this. Yeah, thanks. I didn't expect this radiant light to be pouring in here. Yeah. At, yeah it's the signs right Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's a sunny day now in Columbus. Yeah, it's always like this in, here in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Marty. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Aaron Portsline from The Athletic and obviously ends kind of on a sour note a little bit there with uh, Jake Voracek, Frank, who I know you know quite well. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's disappointing news for him. That's a tough one. And I just think back to Jake Voracek and some of the hits that he took in Philadelphia as well. I remember one night he was absolutely knocked out cold at the blue line to the point where I don't know if he started seizing, but his, he did one of yeah, those I, things where his arms locked yeah. up and he started shaking and it was like, you hate to see that. And he was back playing within 10 days again. And you, you know, you just wish these guys would take a little extra time to take care of themselves. I understand the push. Um, you know, sometimes a lot of it's internally driven with the contract that you have and, you know, you want to live up to it and you want to help your team, but you, you got to take care of yourself first because the truth is no one else is going to do it for you. So what a great human being, uh, one of the most fun guys you could ever want to be around and spend time around. So uh, I hope that he gets well soon. And I think the key buzzword of the interview was atrocious. Had we played a drinking game and done a shot every time Aaron Portsline said the Blue Jackets are atrocious, I would be blacked out right now. 
Well, you were, I thought you were actually, I noticed you were drinking lots uh, during that interview. Yeah, I just had a little coffee here. I was like, whoa. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, we'll, we'll hear from Voracek uh, later today and uh, you know who knows what happens there. But I will say this, if I'm a young center and you look at Bedard or, or Fantilli and you look at the teams that are in the running, Frank, as an offensive center, I don't think there's a better fit for somebody who wants to come in and be offensive than Columbus. Amongst those bottom five teams, when you look at skilled wingers, you get to play Goudreau or Line A, there's not a better option. Right. And Columbus could really use a dominant center. Bedard's already wearing the Columbus Blue Jackets colors with the Regina Pats. Uh, Fantilli, I don't know. I wonder if he could be a good fit. You mentioned Portsline mentioned the Michigan connection already in that dressing room that that would make a lot of sense. Uh, Who knows? They're going to have competition. That's the thing is like this team. They always work hard in Columbus, yeah. and the other part of it is they probably have a bit more talent, especially when you consider – look at where these teams started and where they are now. You know, the wheels have fallen off in Chicago and Arizona. Those teams are really bottoming out. It, it's probably going to be hard for Columbus to, f- you know, finish much lower than fourth or something like that. So, you know, they're going to need a little bit of luck, I'd imagine, along the way. Yeah, with their injuries, they're still four, four, and two, which is better than their for you know in their last ten. And they started the season five and nine when they had a healthier team. So what a what a line! They need more quality losses. Yeah, that is said. a good line. So yeah. well, well, um, feel free to use that one all year long, fans in other markets. Uh, quality loss—it's a good way to tell yourself uh, quality loss to improve your chances to get Bedard. Uh, Frank, have a great week. We will talk to you on Friday. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.